0: So now let's get to our scripture passage for the day. It's one of the lectionary readings from the day. It's coming from Paul's letter in Colossians. So we're going to be reading Colossians chapter 3, looking at verses 12 through 17. So if you brought your, eye, your Bible or your Bible app, you can look it up there. And I believe, yes, we'll have it on the screens for you to follow along as the word is read. As God's chosen ones, holy and beloved, clothe yourself with compassion compassion. Kindness, humility, meekness, and patience. Bear with one another, and if anyone has a complaint against another, forgive each other, just as the Lord has forgiven you, so you also must forgive. Above all, clothe yourself with love, which binds everything together in perfect harmony. Let the peace of Christ rule in your hearts, to which indeed you are called to be the one body. And be thankful. Let the word of Christ dwell in you richly, Teach and admonish one another in all wisdom, and with gratitude in your heart, sing psalms, hymns, and spiritual songs to God. And whatever you do in word or deed, do everything in the name of the Lord, giving thanks to God the Father through Him. This is the word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. Again, I know you heard it. Merry Christmas. We're still in Christmas season. The church observes the 12 days after Christmas is actually Christmas time. So you can keep those decorations up. You can keep the tree up if it's not falling apart. It is that time for you all to kick back, relax, and enjoy the gift of Christ. So it is still Christmas season. You'll hear me say it for the next 12 days, and I'm sorry. But, unfortunately, the season leading up to Christmas can seem a little rushed. And by this time of the week and by the day after Christmas, many of us... If it's not a Sunday, it would be asleep. I know somewhere in a parallel universe, a non-Pastor Brian is sleeping this morning, okay? Because it is very hard when you've got a lot of activity that have to get yourself geared up and come to church. But like I said, this is the best thing you could be doing all week. And a lot of these traditions we have are not you won't find in scripture you won't see the Christmas tree by the nativity but yet over time we develop that tradition you develop other traditions that we do and one tradition that I know that you don't see in scripture but we do it and I I at least do at least once a year is to not only have a Christmas party with a group of people whether it's friends or co-workers or church people but a tacky sweater Christmas party. I don't know where I found that in the gospels. I still can't find a tacky sweater Christmas party. But however I end up attending at least one of those a year. Now I will say I'm very basic. I don't get real creative. And one of them allowed us to kind of expand upon the tacky sweater and have a whole tacky outfit. And so my wife and I got real creative and so she was Ellen Griswold and I was Clark. And we dressed up as that last scene, and she had a nice green skirt and a white blouse, and I had the Clark outfit, and I even got a little squirrel and pinned it to my shoulder right there and ran around the whole day. That was my proudest outfit. But traditionally, I just have a red Santa sweater, I put on a red hat, and that's about as creative as I get. But somehow, we end up going to these things all the time. And when we get invited to these Christmas parties, this is a dress-up party or whatever, you're like, what am I going to wear Someone just spell it out for me. Pick out my outfit for me. Or whenever we go to certain things in life, you're like, okay, they didn't tell me how to dress. So, what, how am I supposed to dress? Is this casual? Is business casual? Tux? You know, what is it? You know, and a lot of times that adds to the stress of whatever event you're going to, not knowing the dress code. Well, when you read today's passage, Paul talks about a dress code in a way. He talks about clothing ourselves in certain virtues. Verses 12 through 15 says this again. As God chooses ones holy and beloved, clothe yourself with compassion, kindness, humility, meekness, and patience. Bear with one another, and if anyone has a complaint against another, forgive each other just as the Lord has forgiven you, so you must also forgive. Above all else, clothe yourself with love, which binds everything together in perfect harmony." So some of these virtues you pick out of this is compassion, kindness, humility, meekness, patience, love. These are some of the things that we are to put on as Christians. Okay, And when you look at these characteristics, these virtues that we're supposed to be wearing, they're all relationally based. They're relationally based. They are meant to be lived out in relationships. Compassion kindness, humility, meekness, patience, love. This is our instructions on how we are to behave and relate to one another as the body of Christ. This is our dress code that we put on when we are the body of Christ. You know, sometimes family gatherings can be kind of awkward, especially when they're kind of forced family gatherings around the holidays of Thanksgiving, Christmas, New Year's. And sometimes you see folks you haven't seen in a while. A lot of times you're like, oh, who's the new person coming with cousin so-and-so, you know? Are we going to like this person? It's always an interesting dynamic when you have family gatherings. I'm sure many of us have been through those or are going to go through those even later today over the course of the next week. And typically, all family gatherings, when it extends out to the larger family, usually has some unsaid rules. You know, there's usually just unsaid rules in some of these family gatherings. Um, you know, and if you're, if you're going to be new into this gathering, okay, usually whoever's bringing you will run down these list of rules. Like, okay, everybody's got to eat grandma's fruitcake even though we all hate it. And we're not going to tell her. We're not going to make a funny face when she offers you the fruitcake. Just eat it, Okay. Or Aunt Betty, when you see Aunt Betty, she's going to come up and she's going to grab those cheeks and pull them real hard and make them nice and red and we're just going to let her do it, okay? Because Aunt Betty hasn't seen all of us and you're going to be new. And we all know about Uncle Joe and pulling the finger trick, just play along, okay? We just just all play along and we don't say anything, all right? So usually you have these unsaid rules for family gatherings. And there's usually some pink elephant in the room that no one wants to name, okay? And that's just all in place, right? And we all just pick up on it. Well, the reason why those unsaid rules are kind of in place and have happened over time is to avoid conflict. It's what it is. Is to avoid conflict in that gathered setting there of individuals. Because at one point, someone did tell Grandma, her fruit cake was not good, and they all paid for it for the rest of the evening, okay? And so, you know, we all just live into these unsaid rules, and it's known when you bring someone new in, you got to give them the rundown of what's going to happen so they're prepared, so there's no conflict. And conflict can be really hard and sometimes even difficult with those that we intimately know and love, right? Because there's so much history and feeling there. But it's also with those that we intimately know and love, when you get through conflict, the bond is stronger. The bond is usually stronger than before. And so sometimes conflict is a necessary thing, right? It's not always good to not have to say nothing and just let it go under the rug. Sometimes conflict is necessary. But how do we handle that as the body of Christ in a healthy way? We're all human, We're all going to have disagreements, right? And so we're always going to have the possibility for conflict even within the body of Christ. So how do we handle that? We go back to our dress code. You put on compassion, kindness, humility, meekness, and patience the way that Christ would. Christ didn't avoid conflict, but he did it in a way that we all, I think, can learn from. He didn't run away from it. But you know, the the world's view of dealing with conflict is you've got to be stronger and unforgiving, right? You've got to come out on top. Winner takes all. You've got to say the last word. But you know what? It's not always the best thing to have to say the last word because at the end you usually end up feeling like you lost. And so the world's way of looking at conflict is completely different than how Christ and how we are called to look at it And what we are called to have as virtues as the body of Christ. So again, if we are to live this life out as Christians, we are to clothe ourselves with compassion, kindness, humility, meekness, patience. Above all else, clothe yourself with love which binds everything together in perfect harmony. I was reading up on this passage and reading some interesting commentaries, and someone brought up that when we uh, become a Christian, it's kind of like you have a spiritual heart transplant. Okay, It's like your old heart is removed and your new heart is placed in. But just like a real physical heart transplant, you must do things in order to maintain it, Right? If you have a real heart transplant, there's medications you have to take, multiple doctor's visits to go to to make sure your body doesn't reject that new organ. And to maintain your new spiritual heart when you become a Christian, we must daily take on these virtues. You must daily live in to these things that are being talked about of compassion, kindness, humility, meekness, patience, forgiveness, love, thankfulness. We must constantly be involved with these virtues and constantly living them out. If not, you risk the danger of your spiritual heart weakening in seeing things of the world and seeing things the way of your old heart. So the way to make sure, because you're going to ask, like, how can I do this? You know, I know this is what I'm supposed to do, but then how do I do this? How do I live this out? Because life is rough. We get distracted. We focus on other things. People say things that make us upset. We get tired of it all. We just want to go to bed early and not have to deal with it. Okay, So how do we feed our spiritual heart? How do we take on these new clothes and put them on each and every day instead of wearing the same old dirty wardrobe day after day after day? Well, verses 15 and 16 tell us how we can do this. And let the peace of Christ rule in your heart, to which indeed you are called in the one body. And be thankful. Let the word of Christ dwell in you richly. Teach and admonish one another in all wisdom. And with gratitude in your hearts, sing psalms, hymns, and spiritual songs to God. So it takes a little work. When you read those two verses of this passage here, it basically takes you dying to your old self daily. Immersing yourself in daily scripture. In some form of scripture reading. Daily prayer. Staying in community. Being thankful and worshiping and praising God. These are things that we do that grows these qualities we're supposed to live into. It feeds them. And they get stronger And they can weather the storms better. And those clothes get more protective and more protective. And they shine brighter and brighter and brighter as you do these things. Daily scripture reading, prayer, staying in community, worshiping God. This process of growing is known as sanctification. It's growing towards what we call in the Wesleyan theology, world, growing towards perfection. That is meaning your heart is becoming more pure, spiritually pure, Full of love. As it said a lot, as you fill your heart more with the good stuff, it pushes out the bad stuff. Where you only have a good, pure heart. That is how you take care of your spiritual heart. And it is a difficult process. It's a difficult process. Like I said, the best thing you could have done today was come to worship. Be in community. Hear the word and Pray. You're feeding your spiritual heart in this very moment. You can go home and take that nap. I've already told you you've got 12 days to leave the lights up, so don't go rush into the attic. You're good, okay? This is the best thing you could have done today and will be the best thing you do all day today. Because it feeds your spiritual heart. It helps us grow into these new clothes that we wear as Christians You know, we go through experiences that are sanctifying experiences, too. You know, the Methodist Church, we love committee meetings and meeting just all the time. Many of y'all have had the the benefit of being on committees, and if not, we'll put you on one because that's how that works. And I usually have a couple of sayings after a difficult committee meeting. Usually it's, okay, that could have been done in an email, or this was a sanctifying experience, (laughs) okay, okay. And so it is good work, even though I joke about it. It is good work and necessary work to do this Christian conferencing and meetings. But the way that I handle these moments, whatever life moments they may be, as I immerse myself in those means of grace, worship, prayer, scripture reading, being in Christian community, you're able to see all those situations and weather those situations as Christ is calling us to with those virtues those characteristics but you know it doesn't just happen while we're at church anything that we learned if there's any positive this is a weird statement of covid we learned that church can happen outside these walls right we had to we had to and Christians before us have gone through difficult times where they had to live out church beyond their traditional walls, right? But because of their dedication in the Holy Spirit, in the work of God, we have church still today, right? And so, if anything we've learned over the past year and a half is how to adapt and be flexible, but still at the same time worship our God. Because our Christian life goes beyond the one hour of worship goes beyond that Sunday school hour, beyond that mission experience, beyond that committee meeting, beyond whatever it is. It is your everyday life. And we are called to live it out in our community because verse 17 says this. And whatever you do, in word or deed, do everything in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks to God the Father through him. Whatever you do in word or deed. Whatever you do. When you go get lunch this afternoon, whatever you do in word and deed. When you go back home to the next family gathering, whatever you do in word and deed. Your everyday life. All that you do. Do it in the name of the Lord Jesus. Do it with those brand new clothes on. And give thanks to God the Father. Give thanks for this wonderful opportunity that we are called to participate in the ministry of Jesus Christ. We are worthy and valuable enough to be invited to do this, to be instructed how to do this and given the tools to do this and then being told, go. You're equipped. Make disciples. Let God use you as a vessel to grow his church. You're valuable enough In all that you do, beyond the walls of the church, do it in the name and the honor of God, praising him along the way. You know, I like this passage being at this time of the year, because I'm not to give anybody else any more anxiety, but next Sunday will be a new year, be 2022, okay? Time marches on. But this is a good passage. Before we get to the new year. I think it's very appropriate. Because it is a challenge. It leads us with a challenge. If you're looking for new year's resolutions. Look at verse 17. Make that your new year's resolution for next year. And whatever you do. In word and deed. Do everything in the name of the Lord Jesus. Giving thanks to God the Father through him. Let that be what transforms you for next year. Live it out. Put on those new clothes. Point things to Him. Be that light to the world. Because that world, y'all, it's, and we're part of it. It's tough. Things are changing and there's challenges and they need to hear the hopeful message of Jesus Christ. They need to know that their God came down for them despite of their flaws and that they are also invited to the table. We are all invited to the table and we are all called to go and make disciples. So verse 17... Whatever you do, in word or deed, do everything in the name of Lord Jesus, giving thanks to God the Father through Him. Let that be your New Year's resolution. Let that be what you do next year. But don't stop there. Keep doing it. Maybe it's your whole life resolution, right? As Christians, we're called to do this. We accepted the challenge. And so now we have to live it out. But it is a good and joyful thing. And we have God, we have each other, we have the word to help us along the way. To pick us up where we fall, to guide us where we need guidance. And for us to be that support for each other as well. So during this weekend and in this coming week, whatever you've got planned, remember to put on the clothes that is mentioned here. Compassion, kindness, humility, meekness, patience forgiveness and the most important piece love which binds it all together and love that we are given through the birth of Jesus Christ and that we are called to live it all out in our everyday ordinary life so may we do that from here on out let us pray heavenly father as we worship you in this moment We just invite your Holy Spirit to continue to fill us. May your love continue to fill us so that way we can be bound by these virtues and put on these new clothes as the body of Christ and to go out into the world equipped from our time of worship, prayer, scripture reading, community, equipped with all of that so that in everything we do we can point to you and point others to you and make disciples of Christ. So may your spirit give us the strength and courage to do that Lord. As the body of Christ. And we give you thanks along the way. Amen. What we do here in our, usually our closing song. Is that it's like in the sanctuary. You are invited to come and pray during the closing song. If you have something you need to leave at the altar this morning. This is your moment. If any of you are wanting to connect more to St. Matthew's, stick around after the service and come talk to me. I'd love to to plug you into our church more. If you're visiting and want to learn more about a church, I'd love to talk to you at this time. But this is your moment in this song to stand and praise God, to reflect on all that's good, to come and pray and connect with one another. And so I invite you now, as we close out in worship, to stand as we sing.